Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would come in and move like you never moved before, God. Oh God, I ask you right now that you have me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister in third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would send revelation, that you would send an anointing, that you would totally follow the grounds of our heart to make preaching, teaching, revelation, to receiving it easy and receptible for the hearts and the minds of your people on today. Angel come down and circle around the pulpit circle around the people oh God I ask you right now God that you send anointing to bring forth the word of God like never before in the mighty name of Jesus Christ I pray amen I'm going to be doing the prodigal church part two but my topic today is going to be is there a Gehazi inside of you and what is happening is I'm going to be in 2 Kings 5, starting at verse 15 through 27. 1 Timothy 6 and 10. Malachi 3, 8 and 10. Ephesians 2 and 9. And if God permits, Galatians 6 and 7. My thought for today, is there a Gehazi inside of you? We're going to be talking about Gehazi. We're going to see how it relates to the prodigal church of today. And Gehazi, his name means, it says, valley of sight or valley of vision. Gehazi is Elijah, the prophet's um, armor bearer, a servant. So what is happening is we're take, picking up from where we were talking about, about Naaman. So we've gotten past Naaman. So Naaman didn't want to go into the dirty Jordan. He wanted to go into another river to be clean seven times, and he would be like, and he'd be washed um, as clean as as um, as his skin was, because he had a spirit of leprosy. He was a mighty man of valor. He won the wars and everything, but yet he had this one problem. So now we're moving on. Now we're going to be talking about Gehazi, and so. Let's go there. Second Kings 5, 5 and 15. And this is Naaman. Then he returned to the man of God. Remember, he was having a problem. Remember I told you about Naaman? Naaman had an attitude problem. <laughs> he had some issues because he wanted done what? His way. But that's something about the man and woman of God. If it's God, you ain't got to fight and wrestle with no demon or anybody receiving it. Because whether you receive the word of God or not, it is going to come to pass if it's coming from heaven. He and all his aides and came and stood before him and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God, I said, there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. So Gehazi is in the place now that he's found out huh, that there is a God except in Israel. There was no other God because nobody else could heal him. So now he wants to repay the man of God. And you see, he's not only returning, this man is wealthy. All of his aides were around him. You want to know in this last hour, if you notice in the past time, especially in the prosperity movement, all the pastors had what? They had all of these armor bearers or aides, and you almost couldn't touch them. 
But he said, oh, it says, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will not receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. In this last hour, these prophets can't be bought. Elijah knew that it was not of his own will, but it was on the will of God and him alone. So whatever you're going to give, you need to give your praise and your honor and your riches to Jesus Christ. You need to stop trying to pay the man and woman of God from doing what God has called them to do. I'm not saying a workman needs not be rightly by the word of truth, not being ashamed that he cannot receive a gift from God, but yet it comes into a certain time and place. So the time that Naaman had ordained was not the time and place that God had ordained because Naaman's heart was still not right. He was looking at, I'm giving a service for a service. So Elijah was that servant. He was rightly dividing the word of truth. He was doing what God said to do. So Naaman said then, if not, please let your servant be given two multi-loads of earth. So it says, for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offerings or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. Yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant whom my master goes into the temple of, it says, Remon. It says, to worship there. And he lands on my hand and I bow down in the temple of Ramon. It says, when I bow down, it says, in the temple of Ramon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in these things. Then he said to him, go in peace. So he departed from him a short distance. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God said, look, my master has spared Naaman the Cyrene while not, says, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. Now I'm going to ask you something. Why would God allow this man to work for such a mighty man of God? Just like Jesus and Judas. Now we finna find out about what was really inside of Gehazi. Whether you want to admit it in this latter day church and the prior church before this, we were all part of Gehazi, looking for some form of payment. And Gehazi was a good servant. But somewhere down in his heart was wickedness. And, and this is what, when I was doing my research, this is what it says. It says, Gehazi enjoyed a position of power, but ultimately corrupt. Just like Jesus Christ was the most powerful man on earth, but yet he allowed Judas to be there. Sometimes, uh, the person that's over you knows what's inside of you. But a lot of times we want to get upset because, no, they don't want me to have nothing. They trying to control my life because sometimes these things will draw you away from God and the purpose in which you have been already ordained to do. God gave me this money in the hands of a, it says, immature person is bad. 
Elijah knew what was inside of Gehazi. You don't understand about money and what it does. Now let's look at his character. So Gehazi pursues Naaman, verse 21. It says, when Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariots to meet him and said, is it all well? Do you understand that he is chasing Naaman down? Do you see in verse 20, he put Jesus on his mess? And I'm going to tell you something. And I have to get here about Judas and Jesus. I'm going to tell you something about Jesus knew who Judas was all the time. But yet he allowed Judas to be there close to him. This is what God gave me today. It says born again or saved people don't know how to work with wicked people. And a lot of times you don't understand this because if they're wicked, you don't want to be nothing around them. But sometimes there's a lesson in being around somebody that's wicked so you can really see the power and the glory of God that's inside of you. You can see some things and know how to maneuver around the enemy. You got to understand something. Elijah was a powerful man of God. You got to understand something. Even though on the outside, Gehazi was doing everything right. But deep down on the inside, no Nobody knows a man's heart like Jesus Christ does. You got to understand something. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks deep down on the inside. And God spoke to Elijah and told him what was down there in Gehazi's heart. Because you're going to find out when Gehazi comes back, he does what most people do when they've been caught in sin, lie. In ministry, you're going to have to learn how to work around wicked people. But there's a lesson in it. People will leave their jobs. People will run around in different churches because they can't deal with a witch in the church or somebody's of, a, of, a, of another type of spirit and another type of nature. Before you deal with it, you will work around it or maneuver around it. You need to understand something. The Bible says be wise as a serpent and cunning as a dove, but the church in this hour, which is weak, don't know how to deal around corruption and wickedness and not be caught up. But if the spirit of Christ is in you, why did not Gehazi overtake Elijah? You got to understand the power of the living God. Is there a Gehazi inside of you? And we're going to find out just like Judas sold his soul and Jesus Christ for 30 shackles of silver, you're going to find out that Gehazi is selling his soul for money as well. you got to understand something about money. Yes, the Bible says it answers all things, but guess what? It will corrupt you if you don't know. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 and 10, he said, for the love of money is the root of all evil. You need to understand something about the love of money. It's okay to have money, but money should not be your God. But you got to understand something. The representation of him chasing down the money, you need to understand what you have done and what these pastors have done in this last hour. How can you chase money if you had not been told how to chase it? You need to understand something. There's something about corruption. Who's, what you mean by that? Is Satan teaching you or is it the word of God teaching you? There's two voice is talking to you. Which one is your master? 
You need to understand this. Gehazi liked being around Elijah because it gave him a position. But I've been around this thing a long time. I found out that people will ride on you because they ain't got no anointing. They were calling you to do the dirty job because their hands are dirty and Satan can't cast out himself. Verse 22. And it said this. And he said, all is well. My master has sent me saying, indeed, just now, Two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. Listen to this. He's lying. And Gehazi, what Naaman is going to give him, is worth $385,000. When Judas sold out Jesus, it was worth $3,000 according to the value of today's date. I want you to see what's going on. What are you willing to sell your anointing for? What are you willing to sell your soul for? You got to understand what is happening in this prodigal church because prodigal means what? Lavish, living, expensive, just being uh, loose with your money, not paying attention. You got to understand something. The men and women of God in this hour, the fivefold ministry, you got to understand what is happening here. They come to the thing, to the place in their ministry, they walk with God, and they allow the money, they allow the fame and the fortune and the riches to overtake the power of God that was working through them. And they started, they left their gift. And they started chasing after money. And they taught the people how to chase after money. But yet there was no anointing. There was no flow. And God, one thing about God, when he's not in the midst of anything, he starts doing the first thing. And that's with withdrawing himself. Because the people was on a high. The Bible says in this last hour, they're going to have itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear. Because they had been beguiled by the switch. They had been beguiled by the, the um. The person that's a warlock, you don't even understand what was going on. Some of you were sitting in warlocks. Some of you were sitting on the witches. And you don't understand that they had beguiled the pastor. And the pastor started chasing after money. That's why the prosperity movement was such a high. And everybody was buying and getting all this stuff. And now the money is drying up like it did 10 years ago when the uh, economic uh, of the economical system changed. When the housing market changed. Everything that people lost was because of God shifted like he's doing it Corona. The churches are closing down and because the pastors and the five-fold ministry has not done what God has said they have gotten a Gehazi spirit and they go on and chase after money. Instead of doing what Elijah did, stand firm on the word of God and believe that God will supply all of your needs. David said, I was well shown and now I'm poor, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken of his seat begging bread. You need to understand now, in this hour, God is bringing judgment to the church. God is bringing judgment to the men and women of God. Before God even get to the sheep, he's going to deal with the pulpit. You need to understand what is going on. Is there a Gehazi in you? You need to understand what God is saying. He said they taught my people how to wish 
worship Baal. They taught my people how to worship in Babylon, but yet they never taught them how to worship me on Mount Sinai, in the mountain, in the high place. Is there a Gehazi inside of you? The money. God said they love the money more than they love me. And God told you in the word huh, that it was wicked, it was corrupt, huh, it would take you away from me. Huh, and the money, the fame that Naaman had, huh, it overtake huh, Gehazi. But Gehazi, on the flip side of that, thought he was worthy because he had been with Elijah. Huh, Elijah broke and poor. Elijah don't have nothing. He living out of a cave. Huh, he's just a hairy man with a fur coat on. Huh, and I'm sitting here running behind him doing his dirty work. I deserve payment. Isn't that how the pastor's mind is? God, you're doing this and that. You're a work of service. It's Gehazi inside of you. It's bad having a secret sin that's not being dealt with. And greed is a secret sin. You got to get your heart right. And now God is purging the church of wrong and false doctrine. And this is what it's doing. And people don't like the purging. They don't like the rest, the rest um, reconstruction of the church. They don't like what God is doing. And the God is saying, I'm stripping your idols down. I'm taking everything down. Everything that was in that temple that was not built by, by my hand. I'm taking it down. You was in temples that was built by man's hand. But God said, I'm tearing down the walls. I'm not going to build, dwell in temples that's made with man's hand. You need to understand something. All the temples that was resurrected one of the kings uh, that was really not God, uh, not have really sold out with God. He resurrected one of the temples in the Bible. Uh, you need to understand something about the destruction of the temples in the Bible. Uh, everything is not of God that's built uh, in this land. You need to understand something. Uh, that pastors have caused the people uh, to run astray from me. Uh, they've called after false gods uh, and they taught my people uh, how to run and serve Baal. Uh, you need to understand the word of God uh, has stood the test of time. Uh, you need to get the word of God inside of you uh, and stop looking at what they preaching on TV. Huh? You better stop looking at their books. Huh? You better get in the face of God and get your revelation on what God is saying now to the latter day church. Is Gehazi inside of you. The best revelation you get, or the best word you're going to get is what God speaks to you in your secret place. But can you obey? I want you to, I don't want to break down the definition of wickedness. Because sometimes we don't understand about wickedness. It says evil or moral, morally wrong. And I thought this was very interesting. The fifth definition of wickedness was excellent, wonderful. <laughs> you got to understand something. And according to the way you see it, huh? how do you see it? Huh? Do you see your wickedness as wonderful, as in excellent? That was in Wikipedia according to this morning. You need to understand something. Are you caught up in the first definition that says what? Morally bad. Morally wrong. You got to understand something. Or capable of harming someone or something. Extremely unpleasant. You got to understand something. Is your definition or is it your mind has been twisted for the things of wickedness? So you see wickedness and being corrupt in the church and what Gehazi has done. Do you see it as wonderful and excellent? So look at what he's doing. He's conjuring up a lie. So let's go ahead on. Verse 23. So Naaman said, 1 Kings, 2 Kings 5 
and 23. So Naaman said, please take two talents. And, says, and he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and handed them to two of his servants. And he, they called them on ahead of him. And says, and when he came, it says the Satanel he took them, it says, from them, their hands, and stored them away, it says, in the house. Then he let the men go, and they departed. Do you know how much stuff they had? They had some stuff that Gehazi had to get help. A citadel is like a bowl. Sin never walks alone. It always needs a partner. Some of you don't even understand. When you were working at a church, you didn't even know that your pastor was a warlock or the first lady was a witch, and you helping them carry out their mission of Satan. Neighbors' men's aides were innocent, but they were a partaker in what Gehazi was doing. It's right there in the Bible. And Gehazi, you see that spirit of deception? <laughs> oh, he's deceiving. <laughs> One thing about sin, the father and father you're going to sin, it wants you want to hide and be deceptive. Verse 25. Now he went in and stood before his master. Why would you do that? See, I'm going to break this down to you too. It says, and Elijah said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. <laughs> so this is what the five-fold ministry is doing. Because <laughs> they whining and crying because they idols <laughs> and they juju is not working. <laughs> so they come into the house of God, which they have no respect for. <laughs> and then they say, God, my hands are innocent. <laughs> I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> and God says, I know everything that you do. <laughs> I sit high and I look low. <laughs> Behold the good and the evil that's beyond man and what man is doing. You need to understand something. God sees everything that you're doing. You can lie to Gehazi and his servants, but you can't lie to the master and the man of God, the one that's truly walking in the spirit of the living God. When the enemy has been found and caught, he wants to plead what? Innocent. Look at the court system. You need to see this. Look how he's lying. Now do you see? Elijah didn't want him to have the money. Not because he didn't deserve it, but he wasn't ready for it. So many of us have jumped out there before God and got into trouble. God is not going to bless you with something that's going to overtake you. But Gehazi couldn't wait. Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariots to meet you? This is what he said. I was there. I was looking in the spirit. Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing? 
It says olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants. He said, so it's time to do this now. So this is where you stand at. So all that you learned, you don't got. So what's really inside of you has come out because greed was already there. So Elijah said, is this what all of this has turned out to be? All that you've done, because you know Elijah ran a list down all the things that he had done. Have to shoot my woman, running here, doing this, going ahead of Elijah. Elijah said, don't, don't say anything. Just take the staff and lay on the, man, on the boy's bed and, and pray for him. Walking with Elijah every time he stood before the king and said, thus says the Lord thy God. Huh? Just like he sent the servant up there and said, look on the mountain. What do you see? He said, I don't see none. And he said, go back again. He said, I see the size of a man's hand. Rain was coming. And then when the servant saw Elijah and the chariots of fire, all of these things is happening. Verse 27 says, therefore the lepers of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. It says, and he went out from his presence it says leprosy as white as snow but I want to deal with something God gave me this while we talking about the money we have all stolen something from the Lord so when I look at Gehazi and taking money from Naaman God spoke to me and said we've all taken stuff from him we've all stolen something from the Lord and I'm going to you to go to Malachi 3, 8. But while we're reading Malachi 3, 8, we're going to deal with tithes and offering, but this is not what I want to bring out today. Malachi 3. Keep in mind that God said we have, we, says we have stolen something from him. We all have. Whether you want to admit it or not, we've all. That's why it's called repentance, that you don't do it again. It says, will a man rob God? Yeah, you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and in offerings. He said, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. I'm going to stop there. And this is what God gave me today. What is equal to your money? I'm going to tell you what is equal to your money. God said your time. It says, and people don't have time for God no more. Or to do the work they call God, that God is calling them to do in this hour. Let's look at this. Uh, from a business perspective. This is what how a businessman or businesswoman think. Time equals money and money equals time. So some of you have no fault. You just pay your tithes and offering and you move on and dare not cut the church yard. Dare not go out and witness to nobody. Dare not go ahead and lay your 
give down at the altar and serve under somebody else, dare not go out there and witness. Dare not get on the corner and, and for your, uh, your heat stroke and preach Jesus Christ. Dare not do that. Dare not tell the truth in your house. Dare not preach the truth on the corner. You got to understand something. A prophet what tears down is uproot and destroys. What yokes are you breaking? Nobody wants to give up their time. But will a man rob God? We've all stolen something from the Lord. So is there a Gehazi in you? Yes, it is. It's in me too. But when a thief has been found, eradicate him out of the system. We've robbed God in our timing not doing what he's called us to do in this hour. This is the hour for the, the evangelical church. Who's going to evangelize this next generation? But yet you talk about the state of mind they're in. But are you standing up as a prophet, as a man and woman of God? And that was one of the greatest commandments. He said, go into the hedges and highways and preach Jesus Christ and to the lost. Before you sacrifice your time on that couch, you'll sit there and say, well, I'm tired today, God, you understand. And the God said, no, I don't understand. I'm looking for workers in the vineyard. And you're going to find out Gehazi had to continue to work. We're going to be dealing with 2 Kings, the 8th chapter. You got to understand what is going on and what God is saying. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we get caught up in works. Gehazi had been faithful in works, but in his heart. But in his heart. He was not in the right place. So a lot of times, even men and women of God, even the people and the servants of God, sometimes you can do the right work, but your heart is wicked. If I'm cleaning the farm and I'm mopping the floor, cleaning the floor in the church, but yet I'm thinking about what Joanne and Danielle and Tasha's not doing. What is the works? God said, your heart is corrupt. He said, freely given, freely shall you receive. What is your heart while doing the work? Ephesians 2 and 9. It says, for it was by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can what boast. It ain't about that. You can go out there and say, well, I did this and I did that, but God said, I'm seeing your heart while you're doing it. This is a work of service and love. He said, without love, you can't do nothing. You need to see what God is saying. And I wanted to tell you this. It says, look at the church. They are, it says, reaping what they have sown. Gehazi had to reap leprosy and his family. So these five-fold ministries, their families are going to suffer. 
They families. Galatians tells you that. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, he shall also reap. You need to understand what is going on this hour. That's why you got to be careful about putting your hands to wickedness or, or taking your hands off the plow and looking back. Uh, you got to understand some Gehazi looked back at Naaman uh, and went back to what Naaman had, but yet he got more than just the money. He got other stuff he had to deal with. Be careful about following false doctrine in this hour. Just like they're going to pay, so shall you pay. That's why the Bible said no servant is greater than the master. If the master done did wrong and you done followed him, you do wrong. But he said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul said. And this is what is happening. And leprosy is a pain. It's, it's, it's very painful. So is sin. Having leprosy is very painful. It deals with the skin and the nervous system. Just imagine when we get down to 2 Kings, the 8th chapter, huh? Naaman is still working huh? with Elijah, but yet he's got a condition. Huh? God said, because I called you and my calling is for sure, huh? you're going to work it whether you got it in pain or not. Huh? He said, because you got to suffer and go through what you did, but you better do what I called you to do. Judgment is something. Can't no man escape the calling. They said even when you're going to be in hell, still preaching. Oh, my God. Some things that God's spoken shall come to pass. Some things that God's spoken, you're going to do anyway. It does not matter. you got to understand something. When God called you, you got to do what God say do. you got to do it the right way. God don't change his mind about anything. you got to understand something. Yes, some things that God relented, but that's because of Moses. Moses is gone. And guess what now? He said Jesus Christ has came. And if you don't repent, you're going to have to. The only way that I'll change my mind if you go through my son. What can wash away all of my sins? Nothing but the blood, not of Naaman, not of Elijah, not of Jeremiah, but the blood and the blood of Jesus Christ. Back in the Bible days, when people had leprosy, they put them out the camp. They were considered unclean. And they would be put out until they got healed. I'm going to tell you something about this. God struck people with leprosy. He said it was sometimes for punishment of their sins. You got to understand something. There's a punishment behind sin. You need to understand what Galatians 7 is saying. When you put it in the ground, you got to understand something is there. Unless you go and tell God and really turn from it, that means you cannot be drawn back. You cannot be persuaded in any kind of way. You need to understand what Paul said. He said, I'm persuaded. No death, no life, no principalities, no things to come and things present shall separate me from the love of God. You need to understand what God is saying. Is there a Gehazi inside of you? And that's something about that you got to preach in your sin. But others may come out of being in sin. Hey, get the revelation. 
That's why you're going to find preachers broke on the street and they're going to be saying, they're going to be preaching because <laughs> they're going to be out of their mind. <laughs> God will drive people crazy if they don't do what he say do. <laughs> He'll make them poor. <laughs> He'll make them drag on the street <laughs> and have nothing. You need to understand something. <laughs> don't play with God in this hour because <laughs> God ain't playing with you. <laughs> He's looking for people that's going to serve him and obey. <laughs> you need to understand something. <laughs> Back in the Old Testament, <laughs> even though the God had told them the judgment was coming from serving false idols and adultery, guess what? The prophets had to suffer right along with them. So don't think that you are any better, any different. Huh? God didn't say what he said in his word and he meant what he said. You need to see what God is saying. Let's go to 2 Kings, the 8th chapter. I'm not going to read all of it. But I'm going to make reference to it. And this is the, the woman that Elijah told to get out. There was going to be a famine in the land. The Shudamite woman. There's going to be a famine in the land for seven years. So she comes back and wants her land back. So Gehazi is there and saying, yes, this was the woman, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to go to verse 5. Second Kings 8 and 5. Now it happened as he was telling the king, now he had restored the dead, it says dead to life. And that there was this woman whose son he had restored to life. It says, it says, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elijah restored to life. I want to tell you something. He still had to work. The leprosy happened in what? Five. I pray that something has been said and done today. I pray that you got a revelation. Is there a Gehazi inside of you? Prodigal church part two. Glory to God. 